Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Privilege to share the word this, this evening. As I was coming down the aisle, um, I had a moment where I had a flashback to my childhood because I wanted to sit down, but there was a little borki there that says Oderlinge. So I thought, I can't sit here, I can't sit there, I need to find another place. <laughs> okay, fatigue. Welcome to sit any place. But uh, um, yeah, wow, what a blessing. If, uh, I saw Rico, did you, you guys play that? Kids Church, I missed some of the announcement. You played that Kids Church thing. Did we ever thank the Van Rienens properly? You guys weren't there when we brought the guys forward in the service. So maybe just stand, because they were at the forefront of that team for most of the time. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you still need to get your superhero badge. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. We, we got those for you. Um, yeah, but what a blessing. Our kids uh, still enjoy those every day, every Sunday. Um, and then we had some baptisms. Who, who, was, who got baptized? Tabs? Who else? Zanay? Zanay as well? Who, yeah, guys, we're so excited with you guys. What a precious time it was. If you missed out, don't worry. We've still got some water around so we can organize, okay? Amen. Uh, Emily, our father, because uh, she's five. In any case, she's not a baby anymore. She reminds me of that. And uh, she uh, gets invited to all these little boys' birthday parties. Often when we get there, we think it's probably the whole class, and it's not. It's the boys and Emily. So I'm a little bit concerned but uh, I'm keeping an eye on those guys. But in any case, um, so it was her birthday the other day, uh, beginning of November. It was very exciting and counted the sleeps uh, for weeks. And uh, it was quite difficult explaining to a five-year-old how, how long it still is to her birthday, even when it wasn't long at all, just a few days. And then... Um, the other day, she was counting sleeps also for her aunt's visit. Her aunt was coming to visit. And then at one stage, it was the day. But on the day even, she said, so when is it this afternoon? When is this afternoon? When is that coming now? Because we told her now she's coming this afternoon. <laughs> she asked me, when is my birthday again? I was like, it was just the other day. Your birthday was like two weeks ago. And, uh, and I had explained to her that it's going to be a whole year before her birthday comes again, you know, and, and I had such a difficult time explaining to a five-year-old how long a year is, in any case, and I, but I, real, I realized that often as believers, we have a similar challenge with the Lord, if, when the Lord tells us something, we're like, can we do it now, is it, can, can we do it right now, you know, and we, like when we were speaking about building a, um, a tree house at our, at our place, at our garden, it was quite a process, and we thought about it, and we decided, yes, we're going to give it a go. And I told the children, you know, this is it. We're going to go for it, which means now the process starts. And, but Emily didn't have any respect for planning or finding the right tree or finding materials or going to buy stuff. She just said, can we play in the treehouse this afternoon? Can we play? I said, No. <laughs> In any case, I often, and I remember as a, young, as a young believer, there were moments in my life where I heard from the Lord, and, and I said, great, let's go. And then <laughs> and I was like, the Lord's like, no, whoa, stop. I haven't even finished speaking, you know. <laughs> um, and I just, uh, uh, let's just pray as we get into this word. I really feel the Lord's going to minister us. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your presence. And we just want to open our hearts right now. We yield to you, Lord, everything that makes us stress and 
everything that makes us anxious, and we choose, Lord, to trust you with these things. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you come and direct us into your truth this evening, and that you direct our steps into in your will, and that you would make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just realized I haven't greeted Zane. I've been praying a lot for Zane because he's been on a mission. He cycled around the country on his own. <laughs> Welcome back, Zane. I'm glad you're back in one piece. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> he's a, such a great example of what I'm preaching about this evening. Uh, he's really just so passionately obedient to the Lord. He's such an inspiration to us, man. We want to hear all your stories. So next time, uh, be ready to share. Amen. Um, so he was praying, interceding for the country, just really ministering to people on the road. And uh, we want to hear all those testimonies. What a blessing. Um, yeah, so in a, in a world where speed and efficiency is valued so highly, you know, and stuff progresses so quickly things you know it's such a rate uh, you know technology and stuff changing all around us so this is this is the world we live in time is money right stuff has to happen quickly when i look for quotes for people to do work i don't ask them i don't want to know can you do it quickly it's like part of the job you know and and uh we stuff has to happen now and um and uh, and often, you know, it's, it's like everything has to be instant, and everything must be as quick as possible. There's at least there's a couple of things that still need to happen slowly. Can you think of one? I was thinking, I was thinking, I think I'm not an expert at all. Actually, I, I don't drink wine, but apparently, wine you can't rush. Is it true? Because otherwise, it's just juice. <laughs> but. Uh, one, you can't rush, and childbirth. You can't rush that either, eh? Praise the Lord. Nine months. People say it's nine months. It's not even nine months, guys. It's ten months. I don't know why they say nine months. It's not nine months. It's 40 weeks, if you're lucky. With ours, it was 41. <laughs> I'm speaking like I carried the children, but I didn't. Praise the Lord. But that's one of the people that run the 100 meters the most thoroughly. We don't do that. It's only... The highest, the furthest, the quickest. You know, we very value those things. Let's read from uh, Proverbs 21. This, uh, the ESV says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And I looked into, into the Living Bible a translation. It says, Steady plodding brings prosperity, but hasty speculation brings poverty. And uh, I like that steady plodding term. So they're speaking, they're speaking about the difference between rushing into something and trying to hurry stuff up. This seems to be in a context of a financial context. But uh, I went to look at this word plodding, and um, Macmillan's dictionary says that it's working hard at a slow and steady rate. Working hard at a slow and steady rate. And it seems like often we, we don't value that slow and steady hard work, but it seems that often God does. And, uh, and in Scripture, we see this interesting dynamic between the, an urgency for stuff to happen quickly, an urgency for, for the harvest to come in, an urgency for the bride to be made ready, an urgency for the, for, uh, the kingdom to come God's will to be done, though. so there is this urgency. But at the same time, we see that often when, in, in, when you look at what Jesus used as examples, the examples he used, the parables he used, a lot of them were agricultural, right? A lot of them have to do, he speaks about the process of planting something and working the ground and sowing seed and a process you know, the vine, the vine dresser, the pruning, and all of those, a lot of those examples have to do with a process that has to happen over a period of time. And, uh, and what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying God is slow. God's not slow, right? I mean, I've, that's, that's the, for me, the interesting dynamic. God is, is not slow. When he, 
created the universe, how long, how long did it take? Some people say seven days. I'm like, you're crazy, man. Six days. <laughs> God spoke the universe into being in six days, and I think the days were only for us. The, the speaking bit was, was instantaneous. And I've seen people healed instantaneously. I've seen people, trans- their lives transformed, it seems like, in, in an instant. So God's not slow. It, I get the feeling, guys, I need to tell me if you agree or not, but I get the feeling the process part is for us and not for God. It seems like we need the process more than He does. We, you know, He wants us to slow down and do the process for our sake, not for His sake. Um, you know, it's um, often often speak to believers that wrestle, are wrestling with what is the will of God, what is where should I be going, what is I have this decision I need to make, and what's God's will in it, um, and we have some idea of the will of God, but often we struggle with what are the in between steps. Um, you know, maybe I'm I'm at place at point A. And I have a, an idea and I have a feeling of what, where God is taking me towards point B. But I'm not sure what has to happen in, the, in between. And uh, I remember clearly as a younger believer that I heard something that God said about where I need to go. And then I assumed, right, great, this is progress. I got some idea where God is taking me. I'm here. That's over there. What is the shortest Direct, quickest route towards that point. Does it make sense? Yeah. No. That's not, that's, that was not the case. <laughs> and I found that often God's route is not the shortest route from point A to point B. And it's certainly not the quickest one. Um, and it's such, a, it's, it's such an amazing thing when we start to realize that God is into the process and is into the growth and is into the the, the stuff that happens on the way, and he's not so much into the shortcuts. Let's just be honest for a moment. Who are the shortcut people around here? Who's, who likes a, a quick way? Huh? And I get so frustrated with me because I, when there's any sign of traffic, I'm like, no, no, I think, I think there's a better way we can avoid the traffic. And she's like, but we're probably going to add 10 kilometers to no, but at least we'd be moving, you know. <laughs> it feels quicker. And uh, now these days when you have these apps that can tell you different routes and different options, and you have to choose which one are you going to believe. And then, um, in any case, I often take a, a different route to avoid the traffic, and I realize I probably, I probably didn't save any time. In any case. Um, but God is not like that. God's process is not like that. It's not the quickest from A to B, and it's not the shortest route. Maybe just to mention right here, before we continue, I believe that this is something the enemy catches us with a lot. Okay, so the enemy is a bit afraid, but then he, he comes in with a, which often is a, a killer blow. He, sh- he gives us a shortcut. Let me give you an example. When I was living in England many years ago, um, I was working as a luggage, luggage conveyance engineer in a hotel. You've figured it out. I was a porter and uh, carrying luggage. And um, anyway, long story short, during that season, the Lord spoke to me about being in the ministry. And I was so excited. I was like, hallelujah. After many months and even... I think it was about a two-year period of re-wrestling with the Lord about what He's calling me to do. I started to get clear direction. I was so excited. And, and within a month or so after that, there was a position available in, a, in the church where I was serving as a youth worker. I was like, this is it, right? And I was, this makes a lot of sense. God has spoken to me. Here it is. The guys actually approached me. They said, don't, what do you want to consider? And looking back now, I'm so grateful <laughs> that God helped me to not fall for that shortcut. But I think it would have probably been the worst decision of my life to, 
personally, obviously, I didn't, God didn't speak to me about that position, but it made sense on so many levels. But I believe that would have been a disaster. It was only six or seven years later that um, I was I was released into ministry, um, and a lot of things happened in between. So that's just an example. I really believe that when God speaks to us, we need to be aware that when there are shortcuts, that they are probably or potentially not from the Lord. So just prayerfully consider those opportunities. Okay. But when we start to understand how God works, when we start to understand His timeline and God's priorities, the decision-making process becomes easier. Well, not easier. It becomes clearer, but not easier. I want to read from Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Such a powerful image here. When we delight in the way of the Lord, when we delight in his will, when we delight in the path that he directs us in, he establishes our steps. And that's such a powerful picture for me. The Lord coming and establishing my steps. Don't, don't you, isn't that something that we, we desperately need for the Lord to establish every step I take? Because often, you know, we are unsure about the next step. We are unsure about what is God saying. And I, on, I have such a conviction that we're in those moments when we are not sure. There is actually so much that we do know about God's will. There's so much that we already know about His will. That, that we are able to stick to those small steps of obedience that God has already laid before us. Um, we have, we've worked through some of the material from a guy called John Andrews. And uh, he says, one of the things he said, I really, that really encouraged me, was said, if, you're, if you have a strong yes... It makes your nose easier. It makes your prioritizing easier. It means it's easier to say no to something if your yes is strong. And what he means by that is that if you have a clear conviction and a clear understanding of what God is calling you to do, and you, you have a strong yes, yes, this is what God is saying, then everything else becomes a little bit simpler in terms of, is this something I should be doing? Is this something I should consider you know, making decisions, stuff like that, it becomes clearer when we, are, when we have a strong yes. And especially when it comes to prioritizing. I'm, from a young age, this is something I struggle with. I struggle to say no to people. And although I praise the Lord, I'm much better now than I was before. And I had to learn this, that unless I have a strong yes from God, I'm always going to be saying yes to people. But I don't want to say yes to people as much as I want to say yes to God. Does that make sense? And the more I grew in my conviction of what God is saying to me, it, the easier it got, became for me to say no to people and the demands that people place on me, the expectations people place on me. And I could be strong in my no because I know what God is calling me to do. Does that make sense? And um, to make this list make it a bit practical. So what are the things, if, you, if you're in a season where you're not sure, or even if you're not, um, if you, what are the things that at any, any given point God requires of us? You can actually, you can, you can answer. Oi. Love our neighbor. That's a good one. Humility. Yeah. So there's a long list. So, I mean, we can talk about loving God and worshiping God, being obedient to God. We can talk about loving people. And if we bring it a bit closer to home, for instance, in my, my case, I have, well, not in my case, and in everybody's case, of a being, if you're a believer, God is calling us, God calls us to make disciples. 
Okay, so that's one of those givens. We don't have to sleep, lose sleep about that one. Okay, um, for my example, for me as a person, one of the big things since I'm happily married to Erna and I have three children, this is part of my life. So God has called me to be a godly husband. I don't have to wonder about that. No sleepless nights, no thoughts, no stress about that one. God has called me to be a godly father. Amen? So in my case, with the above, making disciples and being a good dad and being a godly husband, if something new comes across my path, that thing, whether it be a new sport or a new hobby or whatever, an opportunity or um, getting involved at the school where my kids are at, that thing has to adjust to fit into what God has already called me to do. Does that make sense? So if in, at any point this thing is going to affect me making disciples or being a good godly husband, then that thing has to change. The other stuff isn't going to change. Does that make sense? So it's, it just helps us to, to make godly decisions because there are things that God has called us to do which we don't have to worry or stress or wonder about. Isn't that amazing? God is good like that. He's, he, there's so much in the Word that He calls us to do so clearly. Now, often people come to me and say, I'm just praying about missions and outreaches. Um, and I say, well, what are you praying about? <laughs> well, I don't know whether I should go. I said, no, you're praying all wrong. You should go. So tell me if I, when I shouldn't go. Because the default setting, I should go. So I'm just if at any point God want, doesn't want me to go, then he needs to speak to me clearly. Isn't that an easier way to go about things? In any case, so um, I find if, if, we, if you have a confidence in those basics that God has called us to do, we can adjust the things that are calling out for our attention, for our time, um, easier. So often I see this. There's, I see somebody growing in the Lord. I see them prospering. I see them, you know, maybe coming to faith for the first time, growing it as, as a disciple. And then I can give you like a couple of examples like this, just off, offhand. There's the girl that comes onto the scene, a young lady. I'm like, no. <laughs> I've seen this, seen this movie too many times. Uh, no, no offense to new relationships. Uh, weapons of mass distraction. Have you seen that enemy work with that? I was like, and then suddenly this guy disappears off the radar and, and this new relationship completely takes over their life. Or it could be a new job. Same thing. The Lord is prospering this guy, he's flourishing, his stuff is happening, growing in faith, and there's a new job, and it seems like a blessing, and then it just takes over everything. And like, it's not a blessing. <laughs> because there's not a there's not a healthy adjustment of what is what has God actually called me to do already. And I want to ask, what if what if we adjusted that new thing? Whether it be of God, maybe the job is of God, maybe the relationship is of God. What if we adjusted our boundaries around that new thing to what God has already called us to do? Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. Anyways, I need to get going. Luke chapter 5. Let's read. Um, now, this is right at the beginning when Jesus was calling the disciples. So he, this was his first interaction with, with as far as we know, with, with Simon who was going to be called Peter. There was a group of people that were wanting to listen to Jesus, and there was a bit of a squash, so he asked him to get into one of the boats. So getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now this is a key moment for Simon, because... Simon is a fisherman. This is his thing. It's his expertise. It's his trade. He's been working all night at this thing. And he had a not a successful, had an unsuccessful night. They didn't catch anything. So this is a key moment because now he had to choose. Is he going to listen to this carpenter guy who thinks he knows what he's doing, who's interfering into what he knows, okay? 
is he going to listen or is he going to say, you know what, <laughs> don't interfere with my business. Anyway, let's see what he says. Um, Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. I was just saying, yo, this was a rough night. But this is, this is the key for a moment here. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners to, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Let's just look at this scenario for a moment. We see, firstly, what, and what I notice a few things about Peter in this, in this situation, which, which I think positioned him, him to be able to receive the blessing of God here. Firstly, after working all night, now he's just finishing off for the day. He must have been dead tired, right? I don't know about you. I've worked night shifts before, 12-hour night shifts, and it's when by the time you're finished, you're properly finished, you want to sleep, right? So I'm imagining he's at this place because this is physical labor. Then now this guy comes. He wants to borrow his boat. I'm sure he was to be tempted to say, you know what, I really can't fit you into my schedule right now. Find another boat. I'm sure there's some other other solution we can find. But firstly, he was was willing to have his schedule interrupted by Jesus. And to say, you know what, let's leave these nets. Didn't catch anything in any case. Let's just go with what Jesus wants to do. How powerful is it when we not only allow Jesus to interrupt our schedule, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to completely take over our schedule. Even at that place of being completely tired and even a bit discouraged, He allows this to happen. He makes space for the Lord in His his schedule. They use His boat, and then His his heart is soft and he's, He's teachable enough to allow somebody that's not a fisherman, to allow somebody that he doesn't really know well, to tell him what to do in his, his area of expertise. Can you see how actually how humble Peter is operating here? I think many of us would have struggled, and I believe we often do when God speaks to us in the thing that we are good at. Amen? No amens there. Okay. The stuff that we're really comfortable with, the stuff that we are excellent at, the stuff that we already have a lot of experience in. We struggle to hear God's voice in those things because we're not humble enough to listen to what He has to say. That God would actually maybe tell us to do it differently. That small step that we haven't prayed about, that small step that, that uh, we've just assumed this is what, this is what should happen. happen. And then... Um, so Peter actually says, okay, you know what, Lord? At your word, we will do it. I believe the Lord wants to put such a confidence in us for, uh, that at his word, we know. Even if it doesn't make sense, this was Gareth was saying, even if it doesn't make any sense, but at his word, I'll do it. I'll make that change. I will do it differently. I will go against what I know. I will go against what my experience says. I will go against what everything I know says because it's His Word. Amen? And right there we see this miracle. We see them having so much that both the boats were sinking. I think that's, that's quite a lot of fish. Uh, I'm not a fisherman, but it seems that that's quite a weight. At the moment, actually... As a family, uh, I'll tell you all the details later. The, the testimony is still in, in progress, okay? So I can't tell you everything. But uh, we, we've taken on a massive project, massive step of faith. And, um, and at, the, at the beginning, we, we felt, okay, this is what God is saying. So we started the process and stepped out in faith. And stuff was going wrong and things weren't working out and this involves us selling a property and buying another property, and banks were not playing ball. Banks were giving us bet. It's always discouraging when banks give you bet. In any case, so they were just 
saying no and stuff wasn't like a and then at one point I was so frustrated I said Lord but but we have heard from you and I went to pray at a quiet place and I said what what should we do and I realized before that I realized we we have heard from the Lord but I actually didn't pray a lot about the in-between because I made a lot of assumptions well, I repented, and I said, okay, Lord, tell me about the in-between. What must happen right now? Tell me, just tell me the next step. And I didn't hear anything about the stuff that I thought I should be hearing about. Nothing about the banks, nothing about anything. I just heard the Lord saying, carry on with selling your house. I said, Hallelujah, that, that comes later. Normally, you need to, you know, it's not good to sell your house if you don't have a place to go. Apparently, that's just, just that's what people say. Any case, but... Uh, any case, so um, long story short, I said, Anna, that's all I heard. Didn't have any other answers. And then we went, we continued with the selling process. And the moment we put our house on the market, a lot of other things just started to fall in place. Things that we've been wrestling with for months, things that we weren't, weren't working out, things that we weren't, didn't know why they weren't working out. But the moment we started those on steps of obedience, it's as if other, other things started to fall in place. And it's still ongoing, so please pray that we don't know, but we're hoping for the best. Okay, so often, often the next step is not the obvious one. Often the next step is not the one that makes sense. Often the next step is the one that is uncomfortable. And maybe not the step that we would have liked to take next. And maybe not the step that we would have preferred <laughs> Um, but often that's the step that that's the key for us to walk into the provision of the Lord that He has prepared. Amen. Um, maybe just a quick example. It's this is not. I'm not giving you financial advice here. Please get me right, okay? This is not financial advice. This is to do about hearing the Lord's voice and being obedient to Him. Okay. So when we're just newly married, we moved up to. Hotting to come and plant a church, and um, we were moving to Joburg, and actually we were already living there. And Anna didn't have a job yet; we just moved to Joburg, and I luckily did have a salary, so that was amazing. And um, at that point, we were quite stretched financially, and we didn't have medical aid. And I felt the Lord speak to me about medical aid, about being a responsible husband, you know, and I was like, but Lord, you know the budget, it, it doesn't fit, doesn't work out, and I had such a conviction in the Lord, I, I ignored the Lord for a couple of months, I must, I must admit, and then the Lord spoke to me quite clearly through some physical things that happened, <laughs> Any case, and then I realized, okay, I must do this right now, and I uh, found the cheapest medical aid on the planet, uh, cheapest hospital plan ever, and uh, and I remember go out. So that's that's not the living stuff. In the, everything goes out at the beginning of the month. So everything would, that comes in would go out with the debit orders. That would be it. So like I said, this is not financial advice. Okay, please hear me right. In any case, so I thought I felt God speaking to very clearly to us. I, we did this, and uh, there was about a month and a half before the first before the first payment was going to come off. And within that month, Anna had a job and a first salary check. So praise the Lord. By the time that first payment came off, we are not, able, not only were able to pay that, but we, were, we had something for the rest of the month. And uh, I was just encouraged because obviously at that point it didn't make a lot of sense um, and uh, it didn't feel like a wise decision. But I did have a couple of weeks to see what God would do. Amen? So, um, that time that we set apart to inquire of the Lord, that moment where we say, Lord, Lord, this doesn't make any sense, not, not good yet, not a good thing, but if it's your word, it'll be, good. It'll be fine. Amen? I want to quickly refer to the life of Noah. I'm not going to read it, but I'm, I'm always so challenged by Noah because the Lord told him to do something that he probably hadn't heard of ever. 
Some of the scholars say that about that time, before the flood, it hadn't rained. It hadn't never rained. So now the Lord tells him, Noah, rain's going to come. Water is going to fall from the sky. And there's going to be so much of it that you're going to have to build a thing, a vessel, <laughs> to save. And then he gives them all the instructions. And the I'm sh- and this must have been the wackoest thing some anybody had ever seen. But Noah, at the, lo- at the word of the Lord, he started building the ark. And he was not the popularest guy. I mean, people thought he was the craziest guy around. and He was ridiculed and everything else. How long do you think it took him? Because how long can we endure the steady plodding while everybody tells you you're crazy? Don't do it. This is stupid. Don't continue. You're wasting your time. This is ridiculous. Look, look at the real that. He did this for 200 years, apparently, if you do the calculation. It took him 200 years. Okay, you lived to, to 900 and something, so it, it was just it for him. It wasn't so long. But, <laughs> but still, it took him 200 years, apparently, to, to build the ark. That's what I call steady plodding. Hard, hard work at a steady, slow pace because God told him to do it. Amen. And, uh, but the absolutely amazing, the call of God on this man's life, him being such a, a picture of Christ and a picture of the Lord's redemption and plan and plan of salvation and what a what an amazing example of somebody that would was willing to to say god you know what lord at your word this we're gonna do this even if it takes us a couple of hundred years let's read from uh, galatians galatians chapter five Uh, first, I'm going to read from the, oh, which one was that? ESV. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So he's saying, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then the New Living Translation also puts it well. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit with the Spirit or you know, following the leading of the Spirit. Being in step, in, in my mind, you know, takes me back to in the, when I was in the defense force. We used to march together. And you had to be in step with everybody else. So not just your row, like everybody. So that was like 300 people. 300 people at one time being in step. Obviously, they had amazing uh, tools to make us all in step. Um, and there was not always godly ways that they used to make us all in step, but we got there. It was amazing. But uh, we, <laughs> it's amazing to see, but the, I believe we, God calls us to be like that as the church, to be in step with the Holy Spirit. But this, the way the New Living Translations puts it, for us to following the Spirit, to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And uh, when we look at the context of this chapter, and I actually just want to read a bit about the, a few verses before, if we can go to the next one, just to see a little bit of the context here. He's talking about living th- through the Spirit, and then he talks about this in verse 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's so interesting for me that the context of Paul writing about us being led by the Spirit and us being in step with the Spirit is not the gift of the Spirit, but rather the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about the fruit, and if we talk about fruit, it's not, those are not instant, right? Fruit are never instant. There is the process. These things are not established instantaneously in our lives. These, the fruit of the Spirit come through a process that God works in us. Amen. 
The, on the other hand, the gifts, um, and this is maybe with that whole amazing thing where we see that how different, uh, you know, the different aspects of the Lord. But the gifts are instantaneous. They are gifts. You don't work for it. You don't deserve it. You just receive a gift. Um, it's some one of the most amazing things still to me is when a, a new believer was yesterday going to hell. Sorry to be so blunt, but going to hell yesterday, today, believer, praying in tongues, prophesying, laying hands on the sick, and they recover. They're like, wow. <laughs> but that's exactly it. It's a gift, right? It's not... That yes, we can grow in the way we minister in the gifts, and we should grow in our maturity around that, but the gift is a gift. But the fruit is something else. If you think about um, the process that goes when we plant a fruit tree, my friend Kobus, I love chatting to him about these things. He says, for instance, some, some farming with some things takes a lot of time, like avo trees. Avos, apparently. You can't have avos the first year. Apparently, it takes like five years to go to a place where the avos are producing good fruit. Five years. That's a lot of patience. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of input. And a lot of stuff. You know, it costs a lot of money to get it there. But once they're there, then all your problems disappear because <laughs> apparently there's lots of people that pay good money for all those avos. And just to give you an idea, I don't know a lot of these things, but this is what Gorbis says, that if you want to buy a farm, they sell it per hectare, right? It's like a price per hectare. It's not like property in the city that they look at the how many bedrooms and, and stuff like that. They look at the size of the farm and they give you a price per hectare, maybe 50 grand per hectare if you're lucky, Okay. And, uh, but when there's ever trees that have already matured, if there's five years plus, if there's more than five-year-old ever trees on that hectare, suddenly it costs, it's worth 120 grand plus information. But the point is, <laughs> we don't often put the value in that process. Find the right place, find the right climate, find the right place and spot, prepare the ground, put the nutrients in the ground, put the right seed in the ground. Water the seed. Not too much water because then you kill it. If too, less, too little water, it dies in any case. Who's good with, with pot plants here? Yeah. I don't know. There's some of us that have the gift of, of not, of, yeah, let me just not say that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Some people have a, just managed to kill plants quicker than anything else, you know. But if you get too much water, there's a problem. If you get too little water, there's a problem. If it's too much sun, there's a problem. If it's too little sun, there's a problem, you know. And there's such a lot of this amazing process. And at the end of the day, there's good fruit. And I have such a, such a sense that God is inviting us to embrace the process that He's busy with in our lives. He is the master at in the process. And we can trust Him. I have a friend that at the age of about 50 was retrenched and... Uh, Yo, he's been wrestling with the Lord and we work walking a, a, a walk of faith. It's so encouraging to me. And uh, the Lord is just uh, providing so miraculously. But he's got a thing on his wall, he says, and, and it says, trust God's process. He actually can't remember how it got there, but he, he looks, looks at it often. He says to me, he's just learned to really trust God's process. That it, not to look for the shortcuts, not to look for the quick fix but to really trust God for the next step of obedience and the next step and the next one. Amen. I want to close with um, Psalm 119, 105. For <clears throat> your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my eyes to a place where even when we feel like we're in the darkness, even when we feel like we don't know where we're going, that His Word will be what shows us the next step. That His Word will be His direction, His leading, will be what points us into the direction that we need to go.
I mean, let's stand. We're going to pray. And the last couple of weeks, we've often mentioned this, but I just want to say it again that I stand amazed time and time again how important it is for us to have godly people around us that can speak life into our situation, that can encourage us, that can pray with us, that can, you know, help us, that can, you know, help us to discern the will of God when we are struggling. Um, it's, it's, this is really not a, a one-man sport, guys. It's not God discerning the next step, hearing for the voice of the Lord. is is really something that happens so beautifully when we're in a godly community, you know, in a community where we trust people around us, where we receive wisdom from many, we experience the prayers and the encouragement of saints around us. Um, I can't stress that enough. Even in this process of ours, you know, I'm so privileged to have people in my life that I can say, but don't, can, can you find time in your hectic schedule? Because, I don't know, in my you know, stage of life where people have kids and, and companies to run and stuff like that, the time is, is really scarce. And they, they will come with me and say, let's go and pray at this place that God is talking to about, us about. And then they find time and we go and we pray and we hear God's voice together. Um, it's so precious. So as I was preparing, I felt there's a couple of things that we need to pray for. Firstly, I, I feel there's, there's some here that, that maybe are feeling a bit in the dark, um, frustrated, wrestling with God, um, wrestling with what, what does God want you to do. And I really feel God wants to meet with you where you're at. And I'd love to pray with you. I feel there are some here that are at a crossroads in terms of big decisions, uh, choices to be made, and maybe a little bit anxious around that. And I just feel that God knows where you're at and that He wants to minister to you in that situation. And I'd love to, for us to pray for you as well. Um, there's some I sense that of going into a new season, maybe this evening, you know, busy going into a new part of your life, new season. And I just sense that there's an invitation to to trust God with the details and to allow Him to to lead you in wisdom in terms of keeping the main thing the main thing, in terms of scheduling, in terms of uh, structuring your life in such a way that, that He remains at the center. Amen. And then I sense there's some here that maybe the Holy Spirit is going to convict you or has already convicted you that that you have that you have actually heard from the Lord, um, but that it wasn't the answer you were looking for. Maybe it wasn't the comfortable one. Maybe it wasn't the um, the one that made sense. That the answer didn't make any sense. And I, I can say this because I've been there many times. And if you are convicted of that, and if you feel, well, maybe I did take, I did fall for the shortcut, or I did take, try to push, rush God's hand, or I did try to force the issue. God has not forgotten about you, man. He's not given up on you, but He does require us to, to repent. Say, so, Lord, I messed up. I missed you. I'm trying to do this in the flesh. But I really believe that there's an invitation for you to come to Him and to receive His grace and to, to receive His direction Amen. and strength to go back to that previous step of obedience maybe that we missed. I mean, there's grace for that. All right, let's, let's pray this evening.
Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, you're so good to us. You're such a good father, Lord. You're such a good farmer in our lives, Lord, as, you know, nourishing us, leading us, pruning us, caring for us, Lord, so that we can bear good fruit, so that we can bear fruit that bring glory to your name. So we're so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord, that you don't give up on us, that you don't lose hope, Lord, as we often do. Lord, you, you know what you've called us to do, Lord, and you, you're always faithful. And you do not change. With everything around us changes so quickly, but you do not change, Lord. We're so faithful, and we, we're so thankful for that, Lord. Oh, Lord, this evening we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that, that your word is to every one of us in a way that we hear your voice and we understand. Now, as we, as we just humbly come before you this evening, Lord, we thank you that the reason we can, Lord, is because of the blood of Jesus. The reason we are able to draw near to you, the reason we are able to hear your voice, Lord, is because you have given your Son as a sacrifice for our sin, Lord. You've given us your Son in our place to pay the price that we couldn't pay so that we are able to have intimate relationship with you, that we are able to hear your voice, that we are able to respond to your leading, that we are able to Walk in the way that you've prepared, Lord. That our lives are at a place where we are, our lives bring worship to you, bring glory to your name, God. And as every eye is closed, if you're standing here this evening and, and you do not have that assurance of your salvation, maybe this evening you know about God and you've maybe been around church a bit, but right now you have a conviction in your heart that you're that you are not right with with God right now you know you're not right with him you know that you don't really have a, a relationship with him right now maybe you were close but right now you are far from him I believe and I know right now Holy Spirit is inviting you to draw near to the father again the father God the Father has not forgotten about you. He loves you so much. He's demonstrated his love by giving Jesus on the cross. And right now I believe he's inviting you to come near again. He's inviting you to lay down your life. He's inviting you to relinquish control. He's inviting you to lay down your sin, to repent of your sin. He's inviting you to turn from your life and to follow him. As Lord, as King, as Savior. He's inviting you to, to sacrifice something. He's inviting you to give up all of those things and follow Him. If that's you this evening, it will be my absolute privilege to pray with you. While every eye is closed, if you would like to take that step of faith and accept God's invitation, accept His gift of salvation. I want you to just raise your hand for a moment just where you're standing. It will be my privilege just to pray with you. Thanks so much. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Actually, I, I want us, Gio, just to take a moment to allow God to do His work in the hearts of people. If if that's you and you've raised your hand, I would ask you to do something with you briefly. Um, if there's anybody else you know, that maybe didn't see you, just, and you feel you want to just take a step and commit your life to the Lord, respond to this invitation. Thanks so much. Hallelujah. We just want to pray with our brother here in the front. And I just want us to pray together as a, as a group um, as we're going to commit our hearts to the Lord. And I want us to all just, I'm going to pray and I want us all to just pray after me um, as we do that. Lord Jesus, 
Let's do it loudly. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you, Father, that you love me so much that you gave Jesus in my stead. I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. And today, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you paid the price with Jesus for my sin. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and is my Savior and that God has raised Him from the dead. And right now, by faith, I have eternal life. I thank you, God, that you are my Father, and you never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you that I can hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you invite me into your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your, your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just give praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to also pray for a few other things. Father, we thank you that your word is alive, Lord, and it ministers to us. And we thank you that you speak to every heart, Lord, and that. Thank you that even when we have missed it, Lord, that even when we have taken shortcuts, even when we have tried to get the quick fix, Lord, thank you that you are so patient with us, Lord. You bring us back to your will and to your process. This evening we commit, we humbly come, Lord, and we want to proclaim like Peter did. We say, Lord, at your word, we will do it. When it's out of our comfort zone, when it's not the popular thing, Lord. We, we say, God, let, give us grace that at your word, Lord, we would put the nets back. At your word, Lord, we'll get out of the boat. At your word, we will walk on the water. At your word, Lord, we will preach your gospel where it's not comfortable. At your word, Lord, we will, we will proclaim your word in the darkest places, Lord. At your word, God, we will shine your light in, in our communities and our workplaces, Lord. We You've called us to God in Jesus' name. Thank you for your boldness tonight. Thank you for a fearlessness in our obedience. Lord, thank you for a, your grace that we that, that floods into every situation where, where we have felt like we don't know the next step. But thank you for a, a fearlessness and a confidence and a power. Your gospel is, it is your power unto salvation, God, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.